1: NY or text hope NY in New York.
2: It's time for the ball quest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the ball quest podcast. I am Eric Kane alongside Rob Lewis, Brent hubs and awesome price exterior home solutions brings us coverage of the ball quest podcast, local trusted, since 1999. Give him a call today for a free estimate, 865 524 5888, or online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Uh, Tennessee trying to find some players in the transfer portal. Did pick up a commit from the class of 2025 at the tight end position. Tennessee basketball rolled right over Ole Miss to begin SEC play. We got a lot to get into here today on the Ball Quest podcast. We will start, Austin, with uh, some offensive line talk in the transfer portal. It was wait. positioned to maybe be a big weekend for Tennessee on Thursday and Friday, hosted two players, was trying to host three. Kind of tell us where we're at on the offensive line and the transfer portal.
3: Well, obviously, Armaje Reed Adams, uh, you know, went back home, talked it over with his family. Um, You know, he's got a little one on the way, and he decided to stay home and, and, you know, close to to that situation with Texas A&M. You can't blame the kid for that. Um, It is interesting, you know, knowing all that after the fact why, you know, he decided to even take visits, but uh, you know, that one is, uh, you know, that one's done. Um, We'll see what Lance Hurd likes to do. I don't know if he'll take another visit, you know, and talking to some people, it feels like, you know, it's going to be Tennessee or Oklahoma, one of the two. And he was at uh, Tennessee for, uh, you know, a blink and uh, Oklahoma for two blinks. I mean, it was uh, two quick trips. And Oklahoma got a little bit more time with him, but I don't think that really matters in the grand scheme of things. I think this still boils down to just kind of fit and what he wants to do. And, We'll see kind of where he's at. Um, but I think you'll probably hear something from him if he's not taking any more visits in the next uh, you know, 24 to 72 hours. And then, um, you know, Diego Pounds is yet to announce his commitment to Ole Miss. I'm not sure he signed the SEC paperwork that would preclude him from uh, visiting other SEC schools. And if he, you know, if he hasn't, then he could still, in theory, visit Tennessee this coming weekend. Um, Percy Lewis, the Mississippi State tackle, um could be in town this uh, or should be in town this coming weekend as well so you know Tennessee's uh you know obviously trying to add some help on the offensive line and we'll see what happens
4: yeah I mean I think there's a couple things here for me that that stands out one there, there, it's it can both be true right I mean it was a, it was a rough weekend okay Tennessee clearly is wanting to add offensive linemen in this class in the transfer portal So you can't look at this and say, ah, it's no big deal. Right. I mean, it's a tough weekend. This is not what Tennessee had in mind on Thursday and Friday when they started visits at the same time, too, they're going to line up and play football with with offensive linemen with some competent offensive linemen, um, you know, come fall, regardless of what happens in the portal, but they need some help and they're looking for some help. So it, 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 it's not the extreme one way or the other, right? But you can't sit here and go, well, it's no big deal. It is a big deal because they brought in three high-profile guys uh, or three priority guys for them. And and right now they're on, the you know, they could go for three when you were hoping that they would go two for three and uh, in a best case scenario, even take three for three. I don't know that they would have ever gotten three, all three of them, but I I don't know that they would have turned one of them down either. And so that's the reality of where it is. and, And I get everybody's. I, I get the sides that are just it's maddening that they can't land anybody and I get the side of the people it's like you guys are making too much out of transfer portal, guys. You know, the reality is Tennessee's still looking for help in the offensive line and they were hoping to get some this weekend. And, and unless herd comes, it doesn't look like they're gonna get any help out of the visitors this weekend. That that's to me, that's the summation of of the of the O-line transfer portal situation.
5: And Humber, don't you think part of the reason and, and AP to Eric that part of the reason that it's it's kind of exacerbated by the fact that you know you can't point to a lot of guys they developed that they've recruited and developed to turn into top shelf office and you know maybe that was in you know the 23 class maybe that's coming but if there were you know if you could point to you know two or three homegrown prospects that you had in the pipeline i i don't think that you know first off you maybe maybe wouldn't have brought in three guys this weekend and second off I, i don't think that it would have kind of set off the panic
4: no, I agree with that 100%, Rob. I mean, I, you know, and again, we'll see where Sham is. And I mean, this is a huge spring for some of those guys, Vice and Lang, guys who have been here a, a year. Okay. And I mean, for the young guys, you know, they, they need a whole year to, to, to bar the old Derek Dewey line to water that bamboo for development. Right. I mean, I, I think that, I, I think Austin, that we, we, you got to be careful in saying, hey, this guy's plug and play. There, there are just a handful of high school plug and play guys out there. I mean, very few. Did and, you say uh, Lucy? And so it's one of those things where you you know you you've developed and you've worked on the shams and the vice and Langs and those guys for a year, right? You've helped develop them for a year. Where are they at? This spring's about finding out where those guys are at, and they need to be further down the road. Yeah, bustle you know, those guys. They, they they you know you need to know where you're at with those guys this spring.
3: Yeah, you you brought up a good point. Yeah the. You know, to start, you know, when you kind of jumped in to start giving your take, um, that both things can be true. Like CSW Ball, you know, um, he loves to you know to to fly the, the offensive line flag, and nothing he says is inaccurate. Like Tennessee was third, you know, give the third fewest sacks in the SEC. They had the second most rushing yards in the SEC. Statistically, Tennessee was great, right? I mean, like when you look at kind of what they did. Now, some of that is scheme on the running game. Some Of that is scheme and getting the ball out of Joe's hands or Nico's hands, uh, you know, to make sure that they don't give up sacks. Now, they give up six in the bowl game, some of them on the offensive line, some of them not. Um, but what also can be true is that there is no quality depth on the offensive line, and they've kind of put a band aid on this thing by bringing back Sprags, by bringing back John Campbell, by bringing back Cooper, you know, um, you know, and, and in, in theory, well, they're supposed to bring back Mincy, right? Um, so I mean, like. You know, they put a Band-Aid on it. But, I mean, when you look at, like, the, the quality depth, that also can be not there. And so I think, you know, for the offensive line room, they need to find somebody, whether that's they land herd, whether that's Diego Pounds decides to give them a visit next weekend, whether that's, you know, Percy Lewis. Um, you know, do they find a guard in the portal they like? Either way, like, Tennessee needs to add a few more bodies that are quality to this uh, offensive line room um, for the 2024
2: season. Austin, awesome. it kind of looks like, and, and again, every prospect is different, both at the high school level and in the transfer portal. But the old saying kind of is, in high school, you want to get the last visit. In the transfer portal, you want to get the first visit. Look at Chris Brazel. Um, Well, technically, he came here second. He was at Houston the, the week prior. But anyway, you look at Reed Adams. He went to A&M last week, came to Tennessee. He's not going to be at Tennessee. He's going A&M. You look at Lance Hurd, Tennessee, then Oklahoma. Diego Pounds, North Carolina, and then never made it to campus. At least with Lance Hurd, is there any type of hope there that Tennessee will have kind of that lasting impression as the week goes on?
3: You know, I think that this is something, as we uh, we sit here on early Tuesday, um, you know, we, we tape this on Monday, that, you know, I think that, you know, Lance Hurd will make some type of announcement early in the week. Like, if he's not going to take other visits now, you know, could he in theory decide to take the visit to Ole Miss? Yeah, sure, he could, but it doesn't feel that way since Ole Miss is bringing in Gerald Mincy later in the week. Obviously, Ole Miss feels like they're you know in great shape with Diego Pound. So, um, I guess for my liking, you know, this is something where I think you find something out in the next you know two to three days. And uh, yeah, Tennessee, I think, still should feel you know, positive about Lance Hurd. I don't think Oklahoma knows anything for sure. Tennessee doesn't know anything for sure. And this is a uh, kind of go back home, assess things with uh, the team around him and, and talk it over with his mom. His mom was under the weather. She wasn't able to take these trips and, um, you know, kind of review everything and go from there.
4: Yeah, Eric, I mean, for, for me to answer your question, I, I do think that in the transfer portal world, the earlier the visit, the better. Because they're, they're, these guys are not looking just to take fun trips, right? I mean, every, I mean the, the old saying it's a business trip, th- 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 these feel like business trips, right? It, 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 they don't they're not bothered you know, everybody at at the point they're visiting, everybody's weight room is nice. Everybody's smoothie machine makes good smoothies in the nutrition bar, right? I mean, this is about wh- what does the Nil world look like? what is the opportunity to play you know those are the things I and mean, these guys are these guys have been through the other side of it where it's all new and nobody knows what it is they they've seen every you know song and dance and 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 show if you will out there so i do think that in a lot of ways the first visit makes more sense particularly when a guy's squeezing in three visits in four days right? Or he's doing four and six days. Everything kind of runs itself together a little bit. And and typically what are you more excited about, right? You're more excited about the first place you go as opposed to necessarily the, the fourth place that you go. So I think in some cases it can lead, it, it can leave a better impression. And in a lot of cases it can mean you don't take the, the, the extra visit somewhere.
3: Well, you know, I would I'm love to.
4: I'm good. I'm not going to take another trip. That This is, I don't want to mess up this opportunity just to make sure the other one might be something I'm interested in or not. And, and so I, I do think in a lot of cases in the transfer portal world, early visit is better than the last visit. That's my
3: yeah. opinion. I would love to see a, a, some type of study on that, hover Like, you know, like go back and like look at all the kids that, you know, picked out of the portal and how many of them ended up, you know, going to the first school they visited. You know and sometimes like it's a done deal when the kid goes in the portal sure. but sometimes it's not but like what well, you know what you know look at you know jermaud mccoy right like tennessee's able to get him here before he goes day and m and then boom you know uh it, it it ends up being you know tennessee so i mean like i yeah i mean i i'd love to see kind of a case study on that because it does feel that way
2: let me ask you guys this and, and rob you know brent ap whoever just jump in if you were controlling these visits, if you were planning these transfer portal visits, because like you said, Brent, at this stage, everybody's got a nice weight room, everybody's got the smoothies, everybody's got all the bells and whistles. If you were planning these transfer portal visits, how would you go about them to show them what Tennessee is, what you have to offer, all in a sometimes just an hour's you know amount of time?
5: For me, oh, go ahead, Rob. You start. I'll, just, I'll, be, I'll be quick. I mean, in this day and age, we, we're talking about transfers. It's depth chart and NIL. I mean, that's – I mean, if you, if you, if you they, they hit those hard and quick off the top. Yeah. Rob, I, Rob's
3: right. Yeah. They, they, that's what matters. They don't care about seeing the nutrition program, the weight room. Like, they've seen all that. If they've come from any kind of big school hubs. I mean, like, like you and I had this discussion. Like, I think, you know, Tennessee's probably got to, you know, kind of model their – transfer portal visits differently than their high school visits. I don't think it can be the same kind of like, okay, let's just roll out the old standard, right? Like, I mean, I think you have to, you have to kind of attack, uh, attack these kids a little bit differently because they've been places. They've seen all this stuff. They don't care about what kind of smoothie machine you have. They care about what kind of money they're getting and are they starting?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, it, I said it, I said it a few minutes ago, Eric, these are, these are different. This is a business trip. I mean, this is literally you're going. It's it's a job interview, so to speak. Um, I mean, you're 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 being recruited for the job. In a lot of cases, these guys are going to be somewhere for nine months, ten months. Mm -hmm. You know, that other stuff's just not. It's about depth chart. Am I going to play the position that I want to play? Um, Can I see through? You know, and in many cases, they probably felt like they were misled by some people in the in the recruiting process coming out of high school. So you're so you're naturally looking for something different and you're streamlining what you're looking for. Okay. The photo shoot doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you don't do those anymore, but th- those things are just not in- not important. This is a business decision. These guys are making a move. They're transferring. In a lot of cases they're transferring from a place Eric that they like, but they're transferring because they're not playing. Right. Or they're transferring because they want to be in a bigger stage to better their opportunity. So they're giving up some, quote, happiness um, to go somewhere to better themselves from a business standpoint in their football career. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're I think Rob's absolutely right. You better have some clear cut meetings planned with the position coach. They've got to get a quick feel with the position coach they're going to play for because they probably all realize the head coach is not that big of a deal because you don't talk to him a whole lot. The person you spend all your time with is a position coach. How can that guy develop me? Where are we at? What's my quick relationship building with him? And then what's the NIL deal?
2: If you look at Reed Adams, who, and with all three of these guys we've kind of been talking about, I think it's safe to assume if they wanted to jump in the boat, they'd have a spot, right? Just a matter of if they would take two or three or whatever. But with Reed Adams, started 11 games at right tackle, could play some guard. Tennessee liked him at guard. Lance Hurd a tackle, Diego Pounds, a tackle. You mentioned Percy Lewis as being another name out there as well. Is, it a, is there any type of priority guard to tackle, or is it just strictly give me a body that can come in and compete to play, and then we can kind of figure out the rest?
3: Well, with Reed Adams, he was a guard, and they, they wanted him as such. But these other ones we've named, they're all tackles. I don't see them mm-hmm. being um, ones that slide inside. Um, they're all kind of 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, long, big kind of massive guys. And, uh, you know, so I, I think the Tennessee would love to add a guard, but the ones that, you know, have visited last and are kind of potentially could visit this weekend are all still in that tackle frame. So Tennessee needs to add a tackle opposite John Campbell. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they'd love to add a guard to, to add to the depth with Keurig and Lampley.
4: Yeah, and I, and I think the the need for the, for the tackle – but just magnified itself with the Mincy news. And and look, Mincy was coming back to the NCAA change or the court order change, the rule about the to transfer. And so when he was allowed to transfer a second time, then suddenly while you were always gonna look at a tackle, if you could get a tackle, okay, now you're looking now now you're in a different world for a tackle, you know, because you you your priority for a tackle is much is much greater. Um, so we'll see. We'll see who they can visit. We'll see if they can get anything. And if you don't get anything here and uh, in, in some of those priorities that you get to, to me, I'm not saying you shut your veteran guys down this spring. But, man, I think your practice reps got to be three to one, four to one, those young guys versus your veteran guys. I, I just I mean, I'm not saying those veteran guys can't get better and don't need to get better. But you have to find out in the spring who you can drag along to be able to help you in the fall. And if not, then suddenly you're, you're, you're swinging for just whatever bodies are available in the spring period, but you got to find out, you got to, you got to find out where these guys are in the spring. Those guys who are entering their, you know, heading into their second year that are around this program, where are they at? How can they help you? I, I think that's gotta be priority one for this offensive staff come spring ball. Cause listen, you can you can work your receivers and find out what your young receivers doing in seven on seven, right? I mean, you don't have to play eleven on eleven with all your starters to find out if if Mike Matthews can help in the, with the starters or I mean, you can play seven on seven and figure out what those guys can do. You got to line up in the trenches and you got to figure out where Vice and Lang is, where Sham is, where Aiden Bustle is. Those guys, you've got to find that out in the spring. That's got to be the priorities of 15 days on the offensive side of the ball because you know where you're at at tailback, right? Okay. I mean, you got an idea of where you're going to, and you can figure out where you are at wide receiver, but tight in an offensive line from a physicality standpoint, that's the whole priority for me in spring practice.
2: Last thing before we move on, Rob, I, I, I do want to ask you this. Um, State Tennessee does not bring in a tackle before this, the, you know, they they don't get one before the, maybe the spring window opens. Um, and, and you enter spring practice with kind of a hole at right tackle, hole at left guard. You know, you got veterans and, and guys who have played a lot of football for you. It's kind of a luxury. And and Dane Davis, Jackson Lampley, and some others. But does that change your outlook on the fall if Tennessee's not able to get another body?
5: I mean, yeah. I mean, I would. I mean, right, I mean, right now my outlook on the fall is, is you know, probably influenced by, by what they have. But uh, I mean. It, Dave Davis has played enough to where it's not just, you know, an outright panic. And uh, I don't think, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I get, you know, why, why, you know, people are, are hoping that Tennessee improves there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pressure. I don't know if it, it it's negative to call pressure. There's also a lot of opportunity there for sham in, in the spring, but yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to see anything in, in Brit. I bet you, I would have, Get your opinion i don't think you're going to see anything in the spring from a coaching evaluation standpoint that's going to make you not feel like you need to add a guy yeah i mean is that fair
4: i mean i think you're always looking to i mean first of all you just need bodies i mean austin mentioned that you just don't have enough depth at the tackle position from a from a body standpoint so i think that's where it goes but but to answer your question for me eric i go back to the fact that they've rushed for over two thousand yards the last three years um Scheme or not scheme, production's production. Okay. They've rushed for over two thousand yards for three straight years. Never been done before at Tennessee. Um, they had a limited number of snack, sacks this year. Um, and, and I think we all feel like Nico's probably more elusive than Joe Milton is. Um, so from from that standpoint, no, I, I don't I, I don't think that it changes necessarily the outlook because they've been really productive with one NFL guy. And and Darnell Wright. Now, I don't think they were as good in the red zone because you couldn't run it behind the right side against a crowded box. Or short yardage, or short yardage. You know, I think those are, are things that that need to be improved upon, and and that type of thing. But but schematically, you've shown you can win, um, and be successful, and 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 have success with an offensive line that's not grading out in the first two days of the NFL draft. Um, so from that standpoint, you you know, you're probably okay. I just, my, my biggest concern is depth in 24 and what in the world are you going to look like in 25?
5: And, and fairly or not, don't you think some of the narrative has really been influenced by that they took six sacks in, in the ball game. I mean, don't, don't you feel like that's.
3: Yeah. If, if, if Joe Milton had gotten six sacks, six times, Rob, there wouldn't be this gnashing of teeth, but if you let Nico, <laughs> the prize possession gets sacked six times.
5: The, the prince just, that was promised. promised.
4: Well, and and I'm are different. Yeah, and the narrative would have been that Joe held the ball too long on five of the six probably, right? That 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 it would have been Joe's fault on those deals. Listen, I mean, I think if you go back and look I mean, Dane Davis played better against some other competition, George and some other places than he did against Iowa. I think he played particularly well in that game. Um, you know, Jackson Lampley in the run game, those guys played well, and I I think he I think Jackson played well in the bowl game overall. Um, you know, but at the same time too, people are still looking at stars, right? And, and these are guys that, um, you know, didn't get on the field this past year. And this is a team that didn't, you know, in the games that they lost, they couldn't run the football. So, I mean, I get, I get all of that. I I just don't think my outlook, I don't think if they land one of these guys, you go, man, they're, they're a playoff team. The same way, if you don't land one of those guys, I don't think you think, man, man, they're really going to struggle. So if that makes them a luxury, I don't know. Are they a better football team? If they add some a, a transfer to offensive linemen in the portal, I think absolutely. But again, as I said at the start, they're going to line up and play with some guys who've had experience, and this scheme has put them in a position to be successful every year Josh Heupel's been here.
2: he gets a tight end commit for the class of 2025. How good is that pickup plus... Tennessee basketball rolls over Ole Miss. That's uh, more to come here on the VolQuest podcast. Do want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at GameTime. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is a fast, it's an easy way to buy tickets for all your sports events, but not just sporting events. Music, concerts, theater, comedy, all that more at arenas and theaters near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices. Views, your receipt, the best price guarantee GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. That best price guarantee means if you find cheaper tickets in the same section, GameTime is going to credit you 110% of the value of that ticket. Plus, they have event cancellation protection, even job loss protection. They have your back. I encourage you today to download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code VOLS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account, redeem code VOLS, V-O-L-S, for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So a big thanks to Game Time as always. And as uh, as always here on the Ball Quest Podcast, we want to give a thank you to our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions.
3: You know, life happens, and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient, quality work with financing options. Exterior Home Solutions, they value not only family, but community.
5: Go to your happy price,
2: priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out. Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Give them a call today. It's 524 5888 for a free consultation, a free estimates, or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. So it wasn't all bad news over the weekend, right? Tennessee did pick up a commitment from 2025, tied in awesome price. Tell us what Tennessee's getting in the Texan Native.
3: Yeah. Jack Van Um I was going to
2: let you go ahead and lead off with his name there. So yeah. good job.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, one, the kids got some natural ties to Tennessee. Dad went to Tennessee for a couple of years. Um, got family in the area. Um, you know, it grows up and has grown up in a house that, that really was fond of Tennessee football. And he got up here for a couple of games. Was just blown away by it. The first guy that Alec Ablin offered technically before Ablin was even announced as tight ends coach. Um, but, uh, the first offer and, and, and Abe spent the last year building a relationship with him and it really paid off. Um, Jack's a big kid, 6'5", 230. Uh, you know, for a junior, you know, a kid wrapping up his uh, junior year of high school, that's, you know, that's a big kid. I mean, like from a from a weight standpoint, you know, he's, he's you know, plays for one of the best, you know, programs in the state of Texas, South Lake Carroll, and, you know, again, had offers from nearly everybody. So this is a, you know, highly coveted guy, a guy that's a four-star across the board. Um, Really impressive uh, young man. And if you read his quotes, I mean, it's hard not to, if you're a Tennessee fan, it's hard not to get fired up, Brent, because, I mean, he talks about representing the T on your helmet and wearing the colors the rest of his life. And he knew it was Tennessee. The first time he sang Rocky Top after the first score at the South Carolina game. And, you know, I mean, it, it's he, he hit every, every right note in the interview if you're a VolQuest member, a Tennessee fan in general, um, to get fired up.
4: Yeah, I was a little disappointed you didn't find out whether he wooed or not during Rocky Top, but that's okay because that can be a divisive <laughs> end. But, you know, Rob, the thing that I like about, about Jack when you look at him is this is not a big wide receiver who projects to be a tight end. This is a guy who's got who, who's been developed as, as a tight end. And, and so many of these tight ends, and I know we're, we're in a world of hybrids, but when you look at what Tennessee wants to do at the tight end position, that guy's got to be able to block and be physical. And I think this is a guy that you're probably not going to have to spend a couple of years teaching how how to physically block because he's not just lined up and played big wide receiver ball out out, out of his high school in Texas.
5: Yeah, and, and I mean I think it, it maybe tells you I don't know probably not four years in but you know prototypical you know kind of what what maybe you know what they want I mean I think Ethan Davis is a talent you take you know, no matter what and hope you develop it but you know they inherited jacob warren who and and you know really made it work at a, at a high level but yeah let me, I, it, I mean, like you talk about however this guy doesn't look like you know jacob warren he doesn't look like ethan davis i mean this is you know this this looks like a a guy that can play in in line in the sec and, and also in 2025 I and mean, what's he gonna look like you know when he when he gets here
2: AP, you talked about like kind of checking the boxes at least you know what he has to say about tennessee but in reviewing some of the quotes from Charles power and and, and checking out your interview. And of course the impact analysis from Matt, it feels like he kind of checks those boxes on what Tennessee seeks in a tight end, in line, hand in the dirt, detached in the slot out wide blocking a guy. That's a willing blocker H back. seems like he's got a lot of experience in that in high school already. And so sure there's going to be a learning curve, of course, when he gets on campus, but maybe that curve won't be as steep.
3: Yeah. Versatility. The ability again, he plays for one of the best programs in, in Texas, and that and that goes a long way. You know, when you, when you're when you grow up in in a, in a system in, in the program where you learn how to do things the right way, you learn how to practice, you learn how to play. They use you in a number of different ways. You just are more ready, right? Um, you know, like Tennessee, I think went through the bowl practice and really liked everything Jesse Perry brings to the table. Jesse Perry still hasn't pass block a whole lot because they ran the single wing at MTCs, but like you know. When 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 you kind of get him down the road, how much better is he going to be? Well, for Jack, I mean, he's doing a lot of the things that they do here um, already, and so like it does give him a chance a year from now to hit the ground running for spring practice and 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 all that stuff. You know, when we get to you know early 2025. So again, I think this is a big get. I think it's a big get for a guy like George McIntyre who's watching. You know, who Tennessee lands in this class. You know, is 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 you know the you know. Rubber starts to meet the road here very soon for him. And, um, you know, I, I think, again, I, I think this was perfect timing for uh, Alec Ablin, who now in, you know, three or four weeks went from enemy number one of the GQ <laughs> to all of a sudden now he's got an stage. He got another high school tight end, um, you know, and the Harrison kid. And then now a huge get uh, for the 2025 class.
2: So five commits right now, AP, what's to come in terms of junior days and, and and potentially with some more 25 prospects in the next couple of weeks?
3: Well, Tennessee will have junior day coming up on the 20th. And so uh, we'll have a lot of uh, prospects in then. Um, again, I think that rubber will meet the road on a decision from George McIntyre um, before we ever get to that junior day. And uh, we'll see, uh, you know, I, nothing has changed in, in my mind um, in Tennessee's recruitment of George McIntyre. I feel like Tennessee's. You know, done a really nice job there. His relationship with Josh Heifel um, is huge. I think Joey Halsley and he have uh, really bonded quite a bit the last few months. They've spent uh, a lot of time on the phone together. And, and you know, of course, when you know Georgia's been in town, they spent a lot of time together in town. And so, um, you know, we'll kind of see where they go from there. But they'll try to get all those in-state kids in. Darius Jackson, Ethan Utley, Cam Sparks, you name them, they want to get them here. Um, you know, Joe Kim Dodson. Uh, for that 2025 class, and then they want to get guys like David Sanders back in town, um, which is big. But you know, outside of that, it's just transfer portal watching, and we'll see. Uh, you know, what Lance Hurd does, we'll see what you know Tennessee likes to do with the rest of uh, you know the you know the offensive line spots, and you know, do they look to you know add anybody else, whether it be a uh, another transfer tight end, whether it be a uh, you know another piece of the secondary, um, you know the earth's kind of getting big in the window here as classes start coming up on the 22nd. So if they're going to get some kids in, uh, you know, the next week or so is going to be the time to do it.
2: All right, we'll finish off this edition of the Quest podcast by checking in with a little Tennessee basketball. Rob Lewis, 90-64. to There's 17 more SEC games left. Okay, so it's just a start, but what a start to SEC play. Ole Miss, probably a little overrated coming into the matchup, but was undefeated under a first-year head coach that knows how to coach some basketball. What did you like from this game, and how big of a statement was this for Tennessee?
5: Yeah, I mean, I just think you had to like the complete nature of the win. I mean, they were they were really efficient on on both ends of the court. I mean, that was the most points that Ole Miss had, had given up this season, and 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 the lowest point total for for them offensively. I mean, that's a that's a pretty nasty combination to to slap on an opponent. Um, and yeah, just I mean, just complete. You, a complete game. Eric, you mentioned, I, I think Ole Miss was probably overrated at number 19, but I still think that's a solid basketball team. And, and you know, Chris Beard is, is a proven commodity as a head coach. I'll be surprised if that's not, you know, a 500 type team in, in SEC play at Tennessee. Just just manhandled them. Um, and, and they got the 90 points with, with their two leading scorers, Josiah James and, and Dalton Connect having eight points each. I mean, that shows you, you know, sort of the depth, um, you know, the versatility they have. On the offensive end, and um, just and Tennessee was picked to, to win the SEC in the preseason. And boy, they start on an opening weekend. I mean, they they looked the part. You know, for me, Rob, it's it's again.
4: Jonas is not going to do what Jonas Adu did every night against Ole Miss, but if he's going to play with that kind of assertiveness and aggressiveness in the post, th- doesn't it change the way teams? scout Tennessee and prepare for Tennessee because he's not just a body in there to rebound and play defense right and now from a defensive standpoint you got to deal with something with Tennessee that you really haven't had to deal with the last
5: couple of years is that fair I think it's more than fair I but mean, I, I, maybe I'm overhyping it but I, I think it's I think Jonas has been the biggest development you know on this team in 14 games in the first half of the season it's just Just, just what you said of it just completely changes the way you have to prepare for Tennessee. I mean, when you think about him being capable, putting up twenty four and ten. I mean, this is still, I mean, the the strength, most of the firepower is on the perimeter. But for them to have a guy that you can get that kind of offense out of in the post, just you changes everything about you know what you thought you knew about this team in in October, in in November. He he's the second leading scorer in the team right now, Humber, after. Going for twenty four the other day, and I, and you could have took every dollar I had if you wouldn't make that bet, you know, back in, you know on Halloween. Yeah,
3: yeah, Jonas, yeah, Hubs, doubt you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and he said you were singing off key in that car with Russell Bivin. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah,
5: I don't
4: know. I, I mean, I, it, it's one of those things where, and I know you're joking, AP, but I mean, Tennessee's not had that kind of true kind of post presence, a, a true back to the basket kind of guy. I mean, who's a big body that can that can really use angles and and he's shown his left hand and his right hand both. I mean, I, I'm impressed with what he's done. I don't know which bet I would have felt better. I would have probably felt better about the Zaki bet, I guess, Rob, but I'm surprised that he's at the level he's at right now as he comes back from the injury, his development, where he's at the pace that he's at right now and Jonas's um, growth has just been to me puts Tennessee in a different spot. Early in January than I thought they were going to be in.
5: Completely agree, and you know, factor in that you know, Jonas did that against a, a really solid defensive front line.
4: That was in, big. I mean, they're big. All,
5: I mean, not maybe not not the best bigs that, that Tennessee's going to see, but maybe the best defensive duo. Uh, you know, of big guys that they'll see. And and do goes for twenty four and ten. I mean, it, I just it's one game. You don't want to go crazy, but. I, I, I can promise you, other coaches and other staffs around the league that are seeing that are going, "Man, you know that—that—that that, that adds a, a whole different dimension that you got to worry about." And you mentioned Zakai. I, you know, Rick keeps saying, "I'm—you know—I don't know if he's all the way back. I don't know if he's all the way back, man. If he's not, then the rest of the league had better look out." <laughs> because, I mean, he—he
0: looks—he—he
5: he looks great right now, and—and and not just physically. I mean, I think he's really improved. He's grown as a guy, as a complete point guard. Just knowing what it means to run a team, I and mean, having a, having a feel for for what he needs to do to to you know, help everybody around him. Not just I just think he's he's really seeing the big picture in a way he, he hasn't before this year.
4: Rob, what is what what was Rick Barnes mad about his young players over? What what was that about? Because I mean, we're playing starters, and it was clear in the locker in the in the social media post game locker room, he was making some kind of statement. To, to those guys what what's the message to to the young players what do they need to do because tennessee not going to play 17 games with that short of a rotation right
5: i don't think so but that man he's, he's pretty clearly just not going to give guys you know he's not going to say here's here's five minutes you know go go crazy guys and, and, and i don't i don't think he's necessarily so i don't think it's angry so much as he's just proven a point to them about how hard you really have to work to you know to to get minutes and um yeah, I think anger would be a strong word. He's just like saying, hey, if you, if you don't believe me here, you're, you're not going to play. It's not, I'm not mad about it. I'm just showing you this is the standard. You're not there yet. And, you know, one of those young bigs is going to have to play some, you know, either by foul trouble or, you know, injuries down the road. But, man, I, I don't think he's he, he's got a luxury uh, in the backcourt. And uh, right now, to me, it's, it's going to be hard for Freddie or, or Cam Carr to really carve themselves out any kind of meaningful all.
2: Out the door here, Rob, tell us about Mississippi State. Of course, that's coming up tomorrow night on the road at seven o'clock.
5: Man, disappointing loss for them, you know, this weekend at um at South Carolina. I mean, you know, South Carolina's been a, a nice surprise, but um you know, Mississippi State's been a bit a bit of a disappointment this year, you know, with bring them back, you know, quite a bit. Tolo Smith is a guy that everybody, you know, it seems like he's he's been in the league forever. But they'll, you know, they'll be hungry after dropping that one on the road. And, you know, for them, you know, I think 11 and three after that loss of South Carolina, you know, not, not a, you know, awful year, but I, that, that was a team that started off ranked in the preseason and has not probably lived up to the hype. So they'll, they'll be hungry. And, you know, nobody wants to start zero and two in league play. So Tennessee will be going into to a little bit of a hornet's nest against the team. that has got their backs to the wall, you know, already.
3: One, one, one last thing, Rob. Uh, any update on you know the, the status of Brandon Huntley Hatfield? Where, where's he at now?
5: <laughs> got no update, Smoky Dog Nation. I've got no update, and I will say the Mississippi State. I mean, they didn't play a strong non-conference schedule, but everybody would be looking at them a lot different. They had an ugly loss to Southern, I think it was. Pretty sure it was Southern in um, in December that you know it was kind of hung around them and created a little bit of stench.
4: Yeah, I thought they were going to steal that game in South Carolina. They just couldn't get a stop in the last three minutes of the game. I mean, they were right there, and South Carolina did some you – know, they fouled I – They mean, they fouled a three-point shooter on, and gave up a four-point play late to get to give them a chance. And, I mean, I, I don't know that Mississippi State got more than two stops in the last four minutes of that game. South Carolina just found ways to score. Defensively, They, they it really let them down down the stretch um, in that game for them to not have a chance to win on the road and steal that one after not playing very well.
5: And we'll see how good South Carolina. South Carolina is a surprise right now, but at thirteen and one, but they haven't played really anybody. The only ranked team they played, Clemson, they lost to. So that's the jury definitely out on them. But they're a little bit they're a little intriguing.
4: Is this is this Kentucky and Tennessee? Do you think they've just to this point they've separated? I think
5: I think it is, man. Ken Palm loves Auburn. Kim, I mean, he, he's got Auburn ranked. Um, I want to say fourth in the country. I think Tennessee's third, Auburn's fourth. I I'll look this morning. You know, Ken Palm loves Auburn. I, I think it's Tennessee, Kentucky. You know, I have a lot of respect for for Ken Palm and his numbers crunching. So I'll throw Auburn in there. You know, with them for the time being. But it, it's it, it's I, I think those are th- those three teams are clearly separated.
2: Everything you need to know leading up to Tennessee at Mississippi State coming up tomorrow can be found at VolQuest.com. before the game, during the game, and of course post game. Of course, Tennessee in the transfer portal and Tennessee recruiting it never stops. All the best coverage of Tennessee athletics, football, recruiting, basketball, and baseball, all at VolQuest.com. Exterior Home Solutions, it puts East Tennessee's community first. They are rooted in trust and are the first choice for roofing and exterior home renovations. You can give this number a call today for a free estimate, 865-524-5888, or visit ExteriorHomeSolutions.com online to check it out for yourself. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, Rob Lewis, I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here. And listening to us here on the Ball Quest podcast, you've been listening to the Ball Quest podcast every week here on Ball Quest.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament.
1: dot com in Kansas one eight seven 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 zero. Stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here visit gambling helpline MA.org or call eight hundred three two seven 327 support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight Hope.